proceed. All right, let's go ahead and roll right on into BTLR. Of course, that's Brayhawk Tech Live Reports, our somewhat daily conglomeration of news stories involving the tech and social media industry that we thought were interesting enough to share with you. Streaming live right now to the members of the Brayhawk Tech Club at BrayhawkTech.net. Of course, this live stream is also pushed to our uh, private Facebook group, simply titled Brayhawk Tech Club. While recording the uh, the podcast, it's going to be going up on our uh, website here uh, Whenever we're whenever we're finished uh, streaming, of course I've got a few things to do right after tonight's show, so uh, it might be a little bit later in the evening. But uh, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. First thing I have to share with you, uh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube's got a brand new app out there that's specifically catered to small businesses on a budget. And what this app does is it helps them create do-it-yourself video ads. So YouTube today. Uh, announced a new uh, suite of tools to help business owners get started with creating video ads on a budget. And there's a lot of small businesses out there that are on a budget. Uh, the YouTube Director Suite uh, comes in three parts. Uh, the first is a free iOS app that lets you uh, shoot your own commercial using a uh, template and step-by-step -step instructions of what to shoot. Uh, there are also uh, tools to add text and animation as well. Uh, it should feel familiar uh, to uh, to those who've used apps like Snapchat, which I've kind of sort of used uh, once or twice. I'm just not really that big into Snapchat. Uh, it also tells you, or it also lets you uh, tell a video story through your own smartphone. Uh, except uh, the app offers uh, prompts to get you started with what to say or what to do when you're shooting. Uh, if you don't trust your shaky hands, you can also opt for a professional filmmaker to shoot your ad. Uh, it's uh, called YouTube Director On Site. Uh, the service uh, will be available for free to those who spend more than uh, or $150 or more on ads and will come to, uh, first to major uh, metropolitan areas like Atlanta, Boston, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and of course Washington DC, uh, with more cities to be added on quote unquote soon, whatever soon is supposed to mean. Uh, lastly, if your business is happens to be an app, because there, there are a lot of businesses out there that rely on apps, uh, Uber, anybody? Uh, you'll likely uh, already have graphics and video assets ready to go, uh, so you can use the YouTube Director Automated Ad Tool to generate a, uh, a video based on graphics you already have when your app launched in the uh, in the app or the Google Play Store. Uh, it's interesting, and it should uh, I should note uh, that the uh, the direct this uh, YouTube Director app actually has come first to iOS, uh, considering YouTube is a uh, Google product. Uh, however. Uh, there right now there is no Android equivalent. It's it's only at, as I'm, as I'm speaking right now, uh, it's only available on iOS, which is odd. Uh, however, I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see an Android version coming uh, pretty soon. I would be incredibly surprised if uh, something like that didn't hit. So, uh, yet more tools, uh, actually free tools for uh, for budding small businesses. I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, and besides, who doesn't like free stuff, especially if you're kind of in a, you're, you're wading into waters that, uh, that you've never actually been in before. Trust me, I know what that's like. It's can, it can be really scary. It, uh, uh, there's a lot of mistakes can be made. And the more tools that you have in your toolbox to help you succeed, hey, the better. And if those tools are for free, cool. Uh, except for, of course, uh, the whole uh, uh, the YouTube director on site thing. Of course, still, all you got to do is just spend you know a little over 150 bucks, 
and you're all set with that. Somebody will be able to uh, to help you as long as you're uh, right now anyway uh, within those metropolitan areas that we just called off. I think this is awesome. I think this is damn awesome. I haven't actually uh, downloaded the app or played with it uh, yet myself. Uh, however, this could be something that, th that the club could use. It could very well be. I might, uh, as soon as I've got uh, got a chance to actually, of course, I've got a laundry list, a bucket list, actually, of things that I would like to do if I can actually sit down and get more than five minutes to to, uh, to actually do it. I would like to actually uh, add this onto my list and play with it myself. Sugar, any opinions? Oh, I think it's a great idea. I think this is a pretty cool. And even for $150, that's pretty cheap to have someone shoot you a commercial. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a service that normally would cost you what almost well into the thousands, I'm sure. Yeah, easily two grand, easily. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. She's absolutely right. So, we'll have to follow up with this one. I definitely want to. So, uh, Sugar, don't let me forget that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the next thing I have to share with you, uh, Netflix. Uh, you can finally watch Netflix while uh, doing other stuff on your iPad. Uh, you can now watch Netflix videos while using other apps on your iPad, and actually it's about time you can do this. iOS has been able to play picture-in-picture, picture, or PIP, uh, since uh, the release of iOS 9 late last year, but Netflix is finally catching up to others, like Hulu, for instance, that uh, that has been able to use picture-in-picture picture since, uh, I guess, last September. Uh, now, before I continue, I must say, I, I, I should probably, for transparency's sake, I don't normally use apps like Hulu or Netflix on my iPad. I use my iPad for different things. However, I know there's plenty of people that actually do. I'm sitting here in a TeamSpeak line with somebody that actually fits that description. Uh, so, uh, for uh, especially for sugar's sake, let's uh, go ahead and continue with what this app actually lets you to do or lets you do. So, simply open up a video on Netflix, tap the PIP button or the picture and picture, uh, picture in picture button. Oh my goodness! Uh, then go ahead and open whatever other app you feel like using. Uh, it's useful if you like doing work while having uh, something playing in the background, or if you want a, uh, a, a quick lookup, or you want to do a quick lookup, a uh, fact lookup, without interrupting your binge session, if you happen to be binging on something on Netflix, which is primar what most Netflix users primarily do, then that leaves one other big holdout for this, just one, that's YouTube. Uh, hopefully that's just a matter of time. YouTube actually has uh, actually been able to support PIP mode, uh, within the app, within the app, such as when browsing videos, but not when you actually exit the app. Uh, you can download the updated Netflix app from the App Store now, and keep in mind you'll need to be running iOS 9.3.2 or newer, if there is a newer version of 9.3. And it should be noted that this will not work on iPhones. So this is uh, specifically a uh, an iPad iOS thing. So there you go, Sugar. Uh, if uh, just better multitasking on the iPad, which uh, that's been kind of one of the uh, the iPad's chief complaints ever since an iPad has been, or ever since the iPad has been the, been a thing, is multitasking on it, especially when uh, Microsoft released uh, the Surface and actually kind of gave the iPad a run for its money when it comes to multitasking. Now they're slowly starting to catch up. Again, we've said it plenty of times before that Apple has never been about who does it first, but who does it better. And so now, whether or not uh, Netflix did it better on the iOS platform, I don't know. 
we'll uh, we'll have to find out. Sugar, you're going to have to take the lead for me on that one. Like I said, I don't normally use Netflix on my iPad. Uh, so I'm very interested to hear your opinions about this. Yeah, I'll have to uh, download the updated app and uh, give it a try and report back and see how I like it. Okay. Uh, speaking of Apple, speaking of Apple, we've uh, got one other thing. Well, actually, we've got a couple of other things uh, to, uh, to share with you about Apple. Uh, after WWDC uh, this last Monday, one of the biggest uh, talking points about uh, the upcoming iOS 10, which is uh, available now for developers, uh, there'll be a, uh, a public beta that'll be released to everybody that's in the public beta program next month in the coming in July and then it's uh, available it's prime time for everyone uh, sometime in the fall uh, no specific date yet one of the biggest talking points about iOS 10 uh, was that you can now finally delete certain stock apps of course that's always been you want to talk about chief complaints that's always been a, a huge complaint with iOS not being able to get rid of uh, those stock apps that come on iOS uh, at all it just takes up space on uh, on your phone especially if you happen to have one of the lower end models you know like a 16 gigabyte iPhone I could understand how that would piss a lot of people off you don't necessarily now you don't necessarily have to have that uh, I guess a lot of us have uh, that uh, that folder that we call you know default apps or I think even Nathan Alvarez said in our BTLC session on Monday that he calls his Apple crap or I crap or something I don't know uh, but anyway not so fast not so fast. Uh, it's not quite that cut and dried, not quite that straightforward. Uh, so uh, anyway, it turns out that deleting the apps doesn't actually stra uh, straight up delete them. Uh, that's according to Craig Federighi, uh, who's uh, just a reminder of who Craig is. Uh, that's Apple's senior vice president of software engineering, who confirmed the facts on uh, the talk show live, uh, hosted by uh, noted Apple blogger John Gruber. Federighi, uh, who was uh, joined by his colleague Phil Schiller, explained that deleting the apps uh, does remove them from the home screen and uh, trash associated user data, but there's a big but with this. Because these preloaded services are baked into iOS, the application binary remains present. Uh, the apps are part of the binary for security signing reasons, and that structuring also explains why built-in apps only receive feature updates when iOS itself is, uh, is updated. That's a detail that is very much under the hood, and almost all users who do delete the apps won't really know any different. Uh, those who have a uh, change of heart and want to reinstall uh, the uh, Apple iCraft apps uh, can find them in the App Store after uh, they were quietly unbundled and released as uh, standalone apps by Apple earlier this week. Uh, just a quick reminder, these are the, these are the apps uh, that can be uh, removed in, uh, in iOS 10, although you'll have to wait for uh, the new software to get a public release before you can actually remove that folder of Apple junk. Uh, so here's all the apps, uh, because I know uh, there's been some questions about this recently. So talking about uh, uh, Calculator, Calendar, Compass, Contacts, FaceTime, Find My Friends, Home, iBooks, iCloud Drive, iTunes Store, Mail, Maps, music, news, notes, podcasts, reminders, stocks, tips, videos, voice memos, the watch app, and weather. So that kind of tells you it's uh, pretty much everything but the uh, the phone app, of course, and messages app, which is uh, pretty much an integral part, obviously is a very integral part of, uh, of iOS. 
so in plain simple English, what this actually means is yes, you can delete the app itself. Uh, there's going to be certain components of those apps, however, that's going to remain under, underneath the hood in iOS. So how does that affect you as the end user? What that generally means is you're not going to be freeing up quite as much space on, uh, on your phone or your, or, or your iPad on your hard drive as much as, uh, as much as you thought you might, uh, as much as you thought. So that's really all there is to it. Other than that, I mean, you're still going to be able to delete uh, the apps themselves. They'll be gone away. You don't have to worry about managing that stuff anymore. Uh, but they're still going to kind of sort of be there. Uh, they're just going to be taking up a uh, probably kind of a minuscule part of your uh, your data. That's all there is to it. Uh, so uh, not really anything to get upset about, but it is something that I think the end user should be aware of. Hence why these, uh, why these uh, uh, developer uh, testing programs are so important to let the the the, uh, the end user know why it's you know what's upcoming what now and another thing speaking of getting upset and up in arms and uh, and uh, drastic reactions as such keep in mind that iOS 10 is still only available for developers there's a lot can, that can change uh, between now uh, uh, the current version that's, uh, that that developers are using and what happens this fall. There, there, there can even be a lot that can change between now and July when it's av uh, available for uh, public beta testing. Just keep that in mind uh, before uh, before you react too strongly. Uh, Sugar, any agreements, disagreements? Oh, I agree. I agree. At, hell, at least is, you can just hide them. That would have been fine too. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's basically essentially what you're getting, what you're getting. Uh, the last thing I have to share with you as far as BTLR, so BTLR is actually going to be pretty short and sweet and simple uh, tonight. Uh, the Apple TV, uh, the Apple TV might actually have a chance uh, to become a, a legitimate gaming platform. And again, uh, like I said at the beginning of this live stream, uh, it is more or less a, uh, a gaming platform. However, it's been crippled by one aspect, and that's the fact that Apple has kind of forced developers, not kind of, but straight up forced uh, game developers uh, on t uh, uh, tvOS that uh, they have to provide support. Their games have to have support for the, the stock uh, Siri remote that comes with, uh, with the Apple TV, which... Uh, what that makes me wonder is, uh, do the folks at Apple actually play games? Has any of them actually tried it? Because if they have, then they would know that that little bitty ass remote is not necessarily a viable uh, game controller. It's really not. That's really. I've downloaded a couple of games for my Apple TV, but I don't really play them that often because I just I the feel of that little that tiny little apple tv controller i don't have one up here in the uh, in the clubhouse but think about uh, of course i'm holding up the uh, the previous generation model uh, apple tv remote it's basically almost similar uh, very similar in uh, in size and form factor except uh, just for a few extra features added trying to use something like this as a game controller no no so it's about as far as i'm concerned it's about time it's definitely about time. So uh, a little bit further detail here. Uh, so immersive games require a serious controller, obviously, and the Apple TV Siri remote is just not a serious controller. 
yet until uh, yet until recently Apple did require like I said game developers to fully support the Siri remote for all games which is likely one of the reasons developers haven't fully embraced the platform so you don't when you go into the uh, TV OS app store You've got a fairly decent selection of games, but not quite as robust as what Apple would like it to be. However, that could change. Uh, so gaming was key to the original pitch for the, uh, the latest generation of the Apple TV, but so far the Apple TV has not become a gaming platform, even though the uh, fourth generation Apple TV packs enough horsepower uh, to run most mobile games on the biggest screen in the house. Apple has seemingly reversed a stance that required game developers to support the Apple TV Siri remote. Instead, uh, developers now have the option to uh, uh, to uh, to require a, 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 an MFI controller for games. You know, a real gaming controller. Uh, the news comes from uh, Apple Developers Conference, where it also states that where possible, uh, developers should also support the uh, the Siri remote, so they're still strongly encouraged to do so. Uh, however, looks like in the upcoming version of TVOS, they won't necessarily have to. Uh, so this is a stark departure from Apple's previous requirement that forced developers to make their games work using the uh, the touch and motion enabled Siri remote. Uh, on the surface, this original requirement looks like a win for uh, consumers as they would likely be able to uh, to play all the games offered on the Apple TV without buying something extra, but uh, the Siri remote with just a couple of buttons is not a good gaming controller, and I wholeheartedly agree. I've tried it. It sucks for a gaming controller. Hell, it only, it's only a borderline decent uh, Apple TV controller. I've, I've had my issues with it. I've always I had doing an app, uh, the, the latest generation Apple TV review. I had that on the back burner. I never got around to it. I'm just going to say right, uh, right now, one of my chief complaints is that damn remote. It was a good idea. It was definitely a good idea, but the implementation, the implementation was lacking to say the least. Uh, so now, by requiring uh, MFI controllers, developers can fully support controllers like uh, the Steel Series Nimbus or the Horopad uh, Ultimate, which uh, sp uh, sport traditional button layouts. Uh, motion and touch controls are great for some games, but not so much for, say, Final Fantasy or Street Fighter or Skylanders or whatever you know the cool kids are uh, are playing these days. You know, so. Uh, it looks like that's a huge difference. That's going to be a huge difference. Uh, the only thing that I would uh, like to see, and it, they better implement this, is uh, when you're shopping for an app, when you're shopping for a game within the uh, TVOS app store, they better include a disclaimer that, uh, hey, in order to play this game, you're going to need a third-party controller. It better they better have that warning because if I get caught up in gaming on uh, on my Apple TV, which I very I could very well do so. I would I would be very disappointed. I would be actually kind of upset if I went ahead and if uh, even if I spent money on a game and then come to find out, well, hold on, before you play this game that you just spent money on, you better uh, run out and actually buy the controller, which I've been meaning to do anyway. I keep telling Sugar, yeah, I've been uh, I've been meaning to actually get my butt over to Best Buy or the uh, the Apple Store in Tucson and pick up a controller for this thing so I can actually you know try out some of the games that are that are offered within that uh, that App Store haven't done it yet i don't know if i'm going to be able to anytime soon uh it's just because it's just not really high on my priority list right now uh but if and when i'm in that position there better be a disclaimer on on these games that uh, a third party uh controller is required other than that i think it's great checker
Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have one. I never played with it. So um, I only have to speak as in far as the article and you talking about it. But yeah, I, sounds good to me. <laughs> You know, it really kind of weirds me out whenever you agree with everything I say in these broadcasts. It's one of those days, I guess. <laughs> Folks, that is all we have to share with you as far as BTLR. However, if you're watching the live stream, don't go anywhere. We have plenty more to, uh, to share with you. However, if you're listening to the uh, upcoming podcast or this podcast later on, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, definitely appreciate you listening. Do check us out at BrayhawkTech.com. That's our central hub for all things Brayhawk Tech. You can find out what all the uh, what all the club has to offer. You can find uh, ways to uh, join the club. There's uh, two different ways to uh, to join the club. You can patron your way in at BrayhawkTech.net. Link on BrayhawkTech.com, or you can contact one of the uh, one of the uh, existing members and uh, and get yourself voted in uh, as an associate. Uh, which doesn't quite hold uh, all the same features as our patron members, but it still holds uh, some uh, some pretty cool benefits nonetheless. Uh, you can also find links to all of our social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+. We're all over the Internet. We're not hard to find, and we're definitely not hard to get in touch with. And Basically, what the Brayhawk Tech Club offers is a, a long, a wide range of uh, things for everything from trouble helping you troubleshoot your own devices, your phones, your tablets, your laptops, your desktops, whatever it is you have, helping you troubleshooting them, helping you fix them. More times than not, uh, hopefully for uh, for free, or we help we at least help you mitigate some of the costs in uh, helping you fix your stuff. Uh, if any of our club members happen to be down, there's that whole community support aspect because what Brayhawk Tech is is a com uh, technical and community support club. Uh, so uh, we're definitely very involved in our own respective communities. And if you happen to have your own ideas, one of our uh, uh, key features, if you happen to have your own idea, you want help getting it lifted off the ground uh, with your own website, helping you model through patent paperwork, we can help you do that as well. Uh, that being said, I'm uh, Brandon Hawkins with SugarCube here. We're both with Brayhawk Tech, helping you implement your ideas through today's technology. 